There are many wonderful people adding to the positive outlook of a backcountry and hunting lifestyle. Our goal is to join them in promoting that outlook. Welcome to the Backcountry Dreaming Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and tactics of backcountry pursuits. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This is Brian Hallberg here on the mic, and tonight we've got a full house. We've got Chad Fix, Joe Lang, who you know both of those guys, and we're also sitting down with a guest. We've been looking forward to having Levi Glines on. You heard from him last episode, just in a quick plug, talking about turkey hunting. Turkey season is right around the corner, so we want to talk about that a little bit, tactics, conservation, and Levi's the man to talk to about that. So, Levi... Glad to have you with us. Just want to hear your story a little bit. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I've been looking forward to this night and just being able to talk some turkey. Never a bad time to do that. Nope. Um, so yeah, my story, I, I've been born and raised here in Minnesota, uh, went to school here, went to college here, so stuck around the state. But as far as my hunting story, um, grew up in a hunting family. My dad was pivotal in bringing me up to the hunting way of life and I mean, if you, we hunt at basically everything we can in Minnesota here, deer, ducks, turkeys, um, upland game. But for me, hunting was always revolved around turkey hunting. That's that's kind of been our family's big thing that we love to do. Um, my dad works for the National Wild Turkey Federation here in Minnesota. He's worked for them for over 20 years. So, nice. So growing up, I mean, that was my life. Like I, I went to banquets with him. Went went all over the state, went out to South Dakota, North Dakota. He used to cover Minnesota and South Dakota and North Dakota. So I did a lot of drive time with him. We'd take trips out to South Dakota while we were going out to banquets. So that was huge for me, having a, a mentor like that, my dad, just bring me up in, in the sport. So. That's awesome. pretty awesome. That's super cool. Especially That's... like this period. To yeah. be like the last, like you said, the last 20 years to be involved in the turkey conservation Especially aspect. here in Minnesota. Yeah, right, right, for like sure. That's boom. like all of it. That's, yeah, yeah. That's like the uh, comeback tour. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I, how we were talking before you, you showed up, but uh, I've been involved in some of the trap and transplant here in Minnesota. Oh, that'd so, be like awesome. going back to the, the early 90s when they would trap and transplant b- birds down the south, bring them up to the north, and we had That's some, awesome. some uh, release so sites. So, we all have. Levi and his dad to thank for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're sitting out there here in a gobble. You can thank the glines, <laughs> yeah. fellas, for but that. But even like, I think one of our release sites was out in Isani County, so cool. awesome. near near this area where we're at. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Makes you think like some of those birds that I don't know if you hunt around that area. Or yeah. Not. Yep. So. Yeah, Isani County is like what five miles from here maybe north straight yeah, north just north of east bethel yeah yeah but i mean it's far. crazy just to look back at those pictures there i'm like a little punk kid yeah 10 years old holding a, a gobbler in my hands and like little little that i know what i was a part of at that time yeah. like yeah pretty cool to look back at the history of it sure. that's yeah. awesome yeah. The, yeah, that's i know cool. i know people have talked uh, extensively about the conservation efforts especially a wild turkey here and they group that right in with like the reintroduction of elk in Kentucky. I mean, it's high on the list of successful right. Yeah, right. models. That well, they said at some point in southern Minnesota, the bird was almost to the point where it was extinct. Like completely not in the in the state at all. Yeah, so, yeah. I know some of the early introduction they were taking birds from other states and like trading 
different commodities we had wildlife here in the state. Like, I don't know yeah. the exact specifics yeah. of it, but. That's kind of, yeah, they kind of do that all around when it, with certain animals when they move them around. And right now, I think it's Minnesota could almost be, like you said, compared to Kentucky, where it's almost could, it could become in the state that supplies turkeys for yeah. other states. Right, now, yeah, right. A supplier. So many of yeah. Them. It's well, weird. I grew up my whole life just being confused. Which is a That's funny thing to say, <laughs> and I still am in, in many, many ways, um, because I grew up in Aiken, Minnesota, and our school mascot is a gobbler. Yeah, for sure. And I grew up never seeing a wild turkey, and never hearing a gobble in the spring. Yeah. And I moved away for eight years, came back to Aiken, and in the spring, and heard gobblers, and I'm like, wow. That's What's, awesome. What happened that's while awesome. I was gone? I mean, that's pretty well, awesome. It's crazy. The glines. The glines yeah. happened. <laughs> they right. used to say in Minnesota, I mean, we, we have snow here in the state, but there used to be this line that would run from the northwest down to the, the southeast, and it was kind of like the kill line. And they said if you had birds above this, they, they wouldn't be able to support a flock. Okay. And the, over the years, that line has gradually just moved north, more north and north. Yeah, and... I, I could see that because, I mean, I've got – we've got property in Moose Lake. Yep. and um, Just over the south last, of Duluth, right? Yeah, like in the last like four or five years, we're starting to see turkeys, like healthy turkey populations. That's great. I mean, that just blows my mind to well, now, how far it's come. On top of that, my in-laws have places up by Squaw Lake, and they're starting to report seeing turkeys up there. You're damn near in Canada at that yeah. point. That's <laughs> like, crazy. That's nuts. Unbelievable. Well, I think even in the northwest corner, they got turkeys up there. Oh, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, and the other thing, too, we didn't, we didn't, we weren't going to touch on this as much, but you definitely, uh, if anybody has followed Levi on Instagram, I know the three of us watch out for, he's got some amazing photography displayed there, but. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. awesome. <clears throat> Unbelievable. It gets me pumped and pissed at the same time. Because <laughs> I think you posted one like the day I was snow plowing. We just got right. like eight inches, right. and there's this beautiful picture of a turkey, and I'm like, dang it. Well, that's the thing that sucks about Instagram is you got all the people in the south that you follow that started turkey hunting yeah. already. Right. Like, they're down in the south in Florida that opened a couple weeks ago yeah. or a week ago, Yeah. and yeah. we still have a month left to go. <laughs> oh, geez, like, even a, a week ago... You posted something on Instagram, I think, on your story of like five gobblers in the tree, and it, it's in the I mean, middle of a me. blizzard, and they're gobbling at him. <laughs> like, well, what? I think you and I had a conversation through messages, yep. like that was like three weeks ago, yep. where you saw some action, and I saw three toms doing the square dance on a dirt road, and I'm like, Jesus, it's yeah. getting fired up. I mean, the thing that, the people get so down in Minnesota. They're like, we got snow on the ground. Like, it's not coming. But I was talking to you. Like, Joe, yeah. the birds know. Like, the time, yeah. like the day is getting longer. More sunlight. The sun's more intense. Like, they yep. know what time of year yep. it is. Yep. Like, I saw birds strutting in in two feet of snow. Like, yeah. you can. <laughs> it's still a little early, but it's still. It's common. You, you just know? tell those people we got the tough birds here. That's right. <laughs> these are the, these are the tough hardy. birds. That's we, my my local flock that I see every other day on my my drive to work. So that's yeah. cool, awesome. So yeah, the uh, you're involved too with with upland hunting quite a bit. Yeah. See a lot of lot of action from you there. And and did your dad introduce you to that as well, or is that something you kind of found later on? He did, but it wasn't something that we focused on a ton. Um, growing up, we did have golden retrievers that's what my dad had but 
he has a wife that is allergic to him. Oh, shoot. So can't have the dog in the house. And so we'd always rely on people that had dogs. So that was kind of, we were kind of opportunistic with upland hunting. Okay. Yeah. So it was something we liked to do, but it was something where we kind of went with somebody that had a dog or something like that. But awesome. even from a young age, that was something that I remember my first grouse hunt was up up in the, the north, up by Duluth. And just so, hearing that grouse just rocket, like something just ignite. Yeah, like even at yeah. a young age, I was like, man, that is cool. Yeah. So, How did you transition? Um, so did you... When you were a kid, did you go upland hunting at all, or is it you're just walking the woods? Maybe. I think my first hunt was I was actually hunting. Like it wasn't something where I'd because it wasn't a big thing that we did. It yeah. was it was something where like <clears throat> all right we have an opportunity. Because my dad, one really cool thing about my dad's job is he goes all throughout the state and has volunteers for the National Wild Turkey Federation. Yeah, and so he has a lot of different contacts, and that's another thing that I've been blessed by having opportunities to go on private land growing up on all these different volunteers that were like yeah come to our land or like oh nice like i got one of my first girl sons was with one of his volunteers who had cool a couple dogs and it's like that's sweet like, yeah. yeah that's cool my dad awesome. said i shot one of the girls but looking back it's like i don't, <laughs> I don't know if i did <laughs> that's a, that's a dad's job in my, he put it in my vest and i was like yeah that, there you that's go sweet. that's awesome that sounds like a good mentor just knowing how hard they are to hit it's like i don't know if i actually shot that. yeah <laughs> you yeah. were uh chad mentioned while we were sitting here before we turned on the the recorder that uh, about your dad and and his nickname and yeah. w- you should share that a little bit because yeah. that's pretty awesome joe so, I like uh, it. if you are in minnesota and you turkey hunt um and somebody says Boss Tom, you probably know who it is. That's that's my dad. And I don't know if it's a, a self, self-proclaimed self nickname. It's my dad. Or Just call one, me Boss Tom. Or if one of his volunteers gave it to him and it stuck. But he for for years he drove around the state with a license plate that said Boss Tom. I think I've seen that before. And it would make sense because we're that's in the same great. area. But he even refers to himself as Boss. Like BT or Boss Tom. That's, really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Man. Like all my buddies are like, what's Boss Tom up to? Like. That's, that's cool. That's cool. So if you send anything in the mail, it's to Boss Tom. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. But it's pretty. I mean, it's legit. Like he he was hunting in one of the first Minnesota turkey seasons. So mm, that's awesome. He's been doing it since since it started. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Really cool. That's cool. We could uh, we could take some time to talk a little bit about because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that like I mentioned before we before we started tonight that. I started turkey hunting in Kentucky, and when you are with people who've been turkey hunting for decades down there, you realize how embedded it is in their culture. And then when I moved home to Minnesota, it was still to most people that I came in contact with relatively new. They were like there were special specialty dudes that you ran into that had turkey hunted for some time, but most people were just scratching the surface of what turkey hunting was. So maybe. Maybe we could talk a little bit about some tactics and some behaviors that might give people kind of a a window into turkey hunting. Yeah, for um, sure. And and I think all all four of us have some level of of understanding of that, but but kind of relying on your knowledge of that, you've been doing it so long. Yeah. So yeah, like um, I've been. It's crazy to think I'm in my my mid thirties, but I've been hunting turkeys since I was. 12 years old and going scouting with my dad since I can remember. So even before that, so I've been, been around the bird for a while, but some of the main things that my dad and I, that we like to incorporate is making sure that you try and go out early um, Mm -hmm. and be there before the sun's up. 
Yeah. And try and hear those birds on the roost. Like, there's, depending on the day, like, that might be the only gobbling that you hear. Yeah. And so to be out there early, be able to hear birds gobble is huge anywhere, whether you're hunting public or private. Like, that's one of the big tips I'd say is get out there early. And also even when you're hunting, um, take the time to go out and try and put a bird to bed. And when I say put a bird to bed is go out there towards dusk, and that's they'll gobble on the roost right before before nightfall. So yep. to be able to hear a bird the night before and know where they're gobbling from. Yeah. Yeah. Is a great opportunity to go in that area the next morning. You know where a bird is, and then try and get in. We say try and get in within a hundred yards. Yeah, try and get within that comfort zone. And even if you're in with within a hundred yards, that doesn't mean that that bird's going to just fly straight down to you. And yeah. no, no, Joe and, and I had that what yeah, was, four times this last yeah, season. And I was just going to say that where you had a bird roosted, you knew where they within. Were. Yeah. 80, yeah, 50 easy. yards. Yeah, <laughs> And it's like Ranella said in the recent, that recent podcast when they broke it down, they said 13% chance of the rooster oh. actually coming by you after you find their roost. Um, yeah, Brian and I had that, but I've also had 100% where we had five guys like sitting on top of a hill where all the turkeys were it, roosting on trees down at the bottom right. in South Dakota, and they all flew up and... <laughs> Every guy got an opportunity at a bird, like at opening light. Right. But yeah, Brian I, and I, I, when he was talking about that, I was thinking about us walking in and we were walking in. It's pitch black, but we were still walking in like ninja mode. Right. Because those bastards can see you in the dark sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But we could hear them gobbling when we got out of the truck. Yeah. And it was. Or a, sometimes you're like, did I just hear a gobble? It's like pitch black on your like. It was yeah. like an hour and a half before the sun yeah. was coming up. Yeah. But I think we shut the door. And- <laughs> yeah. no, no. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'd say it's, even if you have, I, more often than not, you have a bird roosted, it does not mean it's roasted. As yeah. they say, roosted <laughs> is not roasted. But go. sometimes when that happens, it's like, yeah. You get excited. Yeah. It's hard do. not to. Yeah. Right. Hard to yeah. sleep the night when you know you got a bird. You know exactly where that bird is. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you can walk. What's your so let's say let's say everything goes as planned. You put a bird to bed, you know where he's gonna be in his roost the you, next morning. Yep, you know where he's gonna be when he wakes up. Yep. So you get in there, let's say you get in within a hundred yards, you got yep. a good game plan, an idea of where he might head. Uh when you get in, go through maybe your sequence of what you do next. Yep. Like no, I think that's a that's a huge point that a lot of people may not know about is for me personally what I've had over the years is I don't like to be the first one to call. Like I let that bird wake up naturally, start gobbling. Yeah. I don't want to start calling when it like let the bird wake up, let the woods wake up. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the one calling to that gobbler. Yep. I want him to start gobbling on his own. And even then, like maybe wait a couple five, ten minutes before you actually start calling because yeah. yeah. They may sit there on the roost for 15, 20 minutes after they start yeah. gobbling, and all of a sudden you're sitting there calling and calling and calling, and he may lose interest by the time he's ready to fly down. So sure. I'd yep. say for sure be the one to not call first. Like yeah. that's something I live by, and I try and it's tough because they're sitting there gobbling, and you're like, I just want to talk to them. You know? Yeah, I, I want to get them to gobble, but I feel like let them start gobbling. It kind of makes you wonder too. It, it, it's hard because I think as hunters, we're always trying to get inside the mind of our quarry. Yep. But you kind of wonder if you're coming in there and you're throwing out yelps like crazy because you like to hear them gobble. Right. If they're animals of habit and routine and that's out of place, maybe what they've experienced for the last 
week. Right. And now all of a sudden something's completely different. You well, know, you even and think about like the sound, where the sound's coming from. Like you're on the ground, like you have to believe a bird's gonna know like the sound's coming already from down there. Yeah. He's still on the roost. Why is that bird down on the ground uh, already? Yeah. yeah. And then Wondering. sometimes people put out decoys and that bird's got great vision. Right. Uh, they right. may be sitting there looking at a decoy for half an hour that's not moving. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Well, that's a good point. Yep. That that's doesn't really, really make sense. Yeah, what's going that on? That bird hasn't moved for 30 minutes and yeah. just sitting there yelping the whole time. Like, <laughs> right. It's not realistic. The rea- the point is it's not realistic. It's out of the norm for what that bird would yeah. normally see. Yeah, yeah. So That's, that's cool. what we did uh, for my cousin. It was his first hot time ever hunting. And we didn't hear anything that morning. Uh, when we're trying to locate, because we didn't put any turkeys hey, in bed, I, I'm guilty. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. always put them to bed. But. So, so we're like, all right, well, let's just go set up on this tree line. We set up on the tree line. We put out the decoys, and then my dad starts calling, and a gobble is literally in the next tree over, right above us. Right, <laughs> and he was gobbling for like 20 minutes, right at us. After like, he started calling. Yeah. <laughs> He dropped right down, right down on the decoys, and it was, like, perfect. I was like, my cousin never shot. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, how many times is that ever going to happen? Right, right. So after that sequence, you're kind of set up. You, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of times something I've noticed, it will be people over-calling. Yeah. For just sure. uh, just calling because just like all of us, and I did it early on because you just want to hear them gobble. Yep. That's just so captivating. Yep. Uh, but it's so tempting. I mean, yeah, who doesn't want to? I mean, that's for me. The gobble is turkey hunting. Like, yeah. if, totally. if they didn't gobble, eh. it'd still be fun. But like the gobble, like we were talking about before we turned on the podcast. Like, yeah, there's been times where I've been out turkey hunting and a bird gobbles like five, ten yards away, and you're like. Whoa. It just like rattles everything yeah, within you. It's, yeah, it's a lot like archery elk. Same thing. If you get in there during the rut, if they're bugling, it's awesome. If they're not bugling, even if you kill one, it's not nearly as cool as it as if they were sitting there right. bugling. Yeah, right. Yeah, right in your face. It's yeah. just yeah, it's cool to see. To your point about calling too much, yeah. I'd say that that's the biggest calling mistake I've I've seen and read about throughout the years is just people calling too much, mm-hmm. and I'd say. Less is more when you're turkey hunting. Like when you're calling, let him be peaked. Like have him be curious. Don't like I, I joke about it like going on a first date. Like, would you want to date a girl that tells you everything on the first date and says I love you? And like I feel right. like that's what you are yeah. when you're a hen. It's a good point. <laughs> like you're saying all this stuff to him and he may be like you may Whoa. say something wrong. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. He's like, Well, yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. But I've got issues. Less is more for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, totally. Cause I had a, the guy that his name's Steve Meadows. He was kind of my hunting mentor in Kentucky. He told me a story about it and I thought that makes sense. He goes, imagine if you're at the bar and you go and sit up by this super beautiful girl and you sit down and she's talking to you out of nowhere. You're like, wow, this is awesome. She's talking to me and <laughs> she talks to you. And then all of a sudden she shuts up. What yeah. happens? You kind of go nuts. Right. You're like, right. why isn't she talking to me anymore? What's going on? And he it, said that's such a good tactic so that once you know a gobbler is responding to you, to sometimes cut it off and yep. just trust that he's going to be curious. He's going to lose his mind. He's going to be curious. He's, he's going to, yep. 
Yep. And I've had that. I've had a bird at 100 yards, gobbling his head off, strutting for two hours, just walking around. And I just, as hard as it was, he knew where I was. They know. You know, right, I mean, all right. of us know. They, well, they say, like, they joke, like, that their, their hearing is so pinpoint that you could be, like, in a hole calling and they'd walk over to that hole and just, yeah, <laughs> they know exactly yeah. where the call is coming from. Yeah. Which comes to another point about calling is just, like, realism. Like, a lot of competition callers, you see them put their hand by their face and they're yeah. out there doing that. But that's something you can do in the woods. You can direct which way your call is coming yeah. from. So if you're sitting there calling to the bird the whole time, change it up and have your call sound like it's coming from yeah. a different direction. Yeah. It's just going to add another element of realism hmm. where yeah. Yeah. this bird's just facing me the whole time, just calling straight to me. Like, yeah. I was, and the the guy that was, that I, I mean, my dad took me out turkey hunting the first time, but there was a guy that kind of got him into it. And he was one of those guys that lives in Minnesota, but he'd been hunting turkeys for 20 years by the yeah. time we started. Cause he'd go down to Missouri every year. Yep. He'd be turning his hand constantly when he's calling and making it and trying to make it sound like he's walking this way and then turning and walking this way. It looks yeah. weird, but it, I mean, I've seen a lot of videos recently on YouTube where people actually are like talking about directing their calls. Like yeah. it's yeah. it's an actual tactic that people do. Yeah, and I do it with elk. Same yeah. thing. I if I'm cow calling, I'll turn my head cuz they're like you said, it's not always going to be directed straight towards right. them. They, like, they hear that sound being straight at yeah. them, right? You know, and yeah. if you're sitting in the woods and you hear a turkey gobble, or I shouldn't say a turkey gobble, but well, even a bird gobbling away from you, yeah, you're like, oh, they're yeah, you they're walking it. away from me, and then all yeah. of a sudden they turn, and it's like, oh no, they're still there. Like, yeah, but you yeah. notice it. But if it's something like a like an, I guess a good example would be elk. Like if you're in a herd of elk and you hear a cow calling and she's looking at you, you can tell. Yeah, as soon as she turns her head, sounds like she's a hundred yards For away. For sure. Oh and yeah, it there's makes a, a big difference. There's a big difference between a bird gobbling straight at you and then turning away from you and gobbling. Yeah, and you're just like, it's right. completely. But different. it's the same sound, so the bird would know. Like that's the same bird. She's yeah. just walking right. around looking for right. somebody, and it. Maybe I'm gonna start doing that duck hunting now. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I do do that. You see Chad just angling his duck call away. He's like, they'll think I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon he'll have a jerk rig on the decoys and start pulling them into shore real slow. <laughs> That's great. What about uh, what about decoy setup or no decoy or how yeah. do you like to run that? Man, I feel like I go in phases. Like right, right now, I'm on a big decoy kick where I think I've had so many good experiences lately where I've been I need it, and I yeah. think part yeah. of that is I've been I switched over to archery two years ago. And I feel like you need a decoy for archery. Yeah. You need their you need their attention locked in on something like yeah, especially because I I do it without a blind. So, yeah. Yep. Mm, yeah. And I've I feel like you need that that decoy in front of you to draw some of the attention away God, from. God, we any should of your try movement. that this year. Sorry, but we so, should try without a blind this year. I, so I, I've done it the I last have. two years without yeah. a blind. I've shot birds. Nice. I hate hunting out of a blind. Yeah. I hate, after last year, I told Brian at the end of the year, I'm like. Why even archery hunt birds? Let's just take out shotguns. We're not losing anything. We still yep. get to see the bird do yep. all of its stuff. Yeah. It's not like it's a different season. Yeah. But we end up with a dead bird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and like Levi said, with because uh, I, last year, other than the times we were in the blind, 
the property that I hunt, I hunted without one. And it is, it's something completely different. Oh, you but feel completely naked. I, you like, do. It's weird. It's different than holding a shotgun in your oh, hand. Yeah. It just la- it raises the intensity, yeah. I feel like, yeah. to a different level. Because you can yeah. pull off a ton of different shots with a shotgun right. leaning up against a tree compared to having to draw your bow. They're quick, but you can react quick enough yeah. with completely. a shotgun. And... With a bow, you do, you feel butt naked. You're yep. just like, and the interesting thing about that too is, like you said, with decoys, I'm sure you, I mean, you can, I know people who've got it done without a decoy with a bow, without a blind, yep. but that gives them just in their behavior, yep. their eyesight is insane. And anybody who's hunted them for any amount of time knows that and to put their attention on something else the one the one turkey that i shot with a bow that way was because luckily he came in and he turned his back and went yep. into full yep. strut and there's that's your uh, chance right to draw sure. you know and to go to my my decoy setup that i've been doing is i've been doing a jake standing jake over a hen on the ground okay and i feel like recently the last couple of years like that has just dry, like made them go crazy when okay. they come in like they're ready to fight they so yeah what's your okay so let's hear your opinion on hand up yep what are what are some of your thoughts Tactics surrounding for, that yeah oh. um because every you hear so many people talk about it and it's you, the most frustrating thing yeah in the world. yeah yeah what are what are some of your thoughts on that so i mean tactics one of the things i'd like to do is try and find like if there are lots of hens with them find that boss hen that I don't know if you guys have heard of that term mm-hmm. or not, but the hen that's more vocal. And one of my texts I like to do is try and just piss her off, like get her to a point where she's calling to me and she's yeah. pissed off and I'll cut her off. I'll mimic every single thing that she does. And a lot of times, not always, but she'll get mad. She'll start walking and may drag that bird to you. Yeah. And that doesn't happen all the time, but I think that's one of the best tactics that I see is, Trying to get a hen to respond to you, or she's pissed off and she wants to come. Yeah, it's kind find of you. kind of what we did last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got that hen pissed off. Yeah, and it's literally like she starts calling, you call on top of her. And yeah, do exactly cut her what off. She, cut that's her what, off. That's yeah. what Brian was doing. <laughs> yeah, so, more is more. And in, in that situation, there. Yeah. yeah, there. So yeah. I'd say, when it like, comes to going women, back to calling, yeah. like <laughs> you start with less is more, and then <laughs> as as the goes on. Pour, pour on. is more. Pour it on. <laughs> no, it's, just pour it on. <laughs> just get aggressive with it. Yeah, totally. And you, it's funny, too, because you, you run into those hens sometimes where you're like, whoa. And it doesn't just, happen every time, but you yeah, can tell. Like, yeah, you can. Like 20 yelps in a row, yep. just they're fired up. Just right. That one last, like, yeah, that one last year was pissed. Pissed. Yeah. Really pissed. And then she got out to a point where we could see her and got bred. Yeah, yeah. It was like, almost like, yeah. fuck you, hoes. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. It, it was rough because it was like we, I, we had our decoy out and she comes in ticked and we're like, this is the best possible scenario. Right. We have a live hen at our decoy at 12 yards, pissed off, yep. walking around our decoy. Was there one gobbler or multiple gobblers? Or? There were there's two. Two? Two or three. Two, I think three. Yeah. There was three, and they were at like seventy yards, and then she, of course, they, you know, she goes to them and starts kind of leading them away, and then they came back a little bit later, but stayed out. Finally, we got them to work in to within range, but it was frustrating—like three hours of messing with them. But 
That's crazy to see how, how much time can go by when you're out there. Like, you oh, know, it doesn't feel like three hours, but also you look there and you're like, I've been staring at this bird out in this field <laughs> yeah. Yeah. for three hours yep. thinking, oh, he's coming. Oh, no, yeah. he's not. Like, and see, my experience has always been with a shotgun up until this year. And I'm like, it never lasts this long. They're going to take off any second now. Well, that's because <laughs> they usually take a shot because they yeah. end up at 40 at yeah. some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, exactly. So for, yeah. For me, for bow hunting with, without a blind, one of the big things was. Heartland Bowhunter. I don't know if you guys ever watched any of those videos. They do it without a blind. Yep. And just like, I don't know, I feel like I just sat and watched video upon video. Like, what are they doing? Like, they're they're successful. Yeah. Shooting these birds without blinds. And I I realized birds just get to a point where they're in the decoys and they're so focused on that decoy that you can get away with a lot of movement. Yeah. Like, if they come in and start hitting your decoy. Yep. Yeah. The reality is you can get away with some movement. Yeah. Yeah. Where if, if you don't have that decoy out there... Yeah. Good luck. yeah. So in the instance of you got a, a gobbler that's <clears throat> maybe off to the left of you, um, you're going to probably put yourself in position to put the decoy off to your right. Right. And so then you can intercept it. Whereas if you're in a way behind the decoy, well, then he's probably seeing movement. Right. Another thing is also like you said, drying when they're like when they're strutting, they turn away mm-hmm. from you. That's a great time to yeah to be able to draw. But and it's, not, it's not guaranteed. That no, yeah, it's strutting. a shamble. Yeah, right. if there's other birds there too, you could have yeah. one turned away, but the other one's staring right at you. And... The difficulty level just went to ten because yeah. you're not only are you trying to get a bird within range, yeah. which is a task in itself. Now you're trying to figure out when can I draw. Yep. And shot placement. You got to decide which way you're going to go and what kind of broadhead are you going to shoot? Are you going to shoot him in the head or in the body? And if yep. you shoot him in the body, you really need to practice on a target yeah. to make sure you know where you and should it's aim. It's deceiving on a bird. Completely. Like, where that actual kill yeah. zone is. Yeah, like what? where do I aim in if full you're shooting strut for the body. versus yeah. out of strut? And, you know, it's just, it's interesting. What do you guys do for broadheads for turkeys? I've, I've, always, I've always went for body shots yep. and shot a... A G5 T3. It's just an expandable three blade made by G5 with a with a decent cut. Um, I just feel I feel like for me that's my kind of my go to. Uh, last year I did nap kill zones if I remember. No, I did the hypodermics last year. Rage hypodermics, like the yeah. two and a halfs yep. or whatever, the big ones and body shots. Yep. My boss did. He went with the I can't remember which one it was, but it's the three blade. The head one, the guillotine. Yeah. And you're sitting in a blind. He shot, yeah, he shot shot one in 20 last year and got one. Like, if you miss, you miss cleanly. If you get it, it's ethical. Yeah. It doesn't look great, but it gets the job done. How about you? I uh, did a Slick Tricks, just a fixed blade. Okay. That worked good for me the last two years. Okay. Chad, you bow hunting them at all? I have not tried with a bow. Okay. Just shotgun. Shotgun. Yep. I stick to the yeah. gun, you'll be a yeah. lot I less frustrated. <laughs> when I go to state, I am bringing a shotgun. Because oh, I yeah. like to sure. go to state on different trips. Yeah. And yeah. I'm packing the gun. odds with the <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's right. right. Well, I suppose with the non resident license and all that sort right. of stuff. If you're, if you're spending and, the money to go travel yeah. and buy the tag. And, That's right. right. Awesome. Worst thing is if you come home empty handed and you've got a wife and kids expecting something. <laughs> right. That's, yeah, you that's gotta have something. <laughs> so what yeah. tears your heart out? Yeah. What what states have you gone to? What states have you shot a bird in? Yep. 
and so your I dad just, too. Let's yeah. tell us about your dad. Boss Tom. Boss Tom. Um, yeah. So me personally, I was just counting this up. <laughs> <laughs> Boss Jake. Someday, someday maybe I can be BTT or something. Um, I've been to 12 states and Mexico. Wow. Nice. So nice. I've shot two Grand Slams and then with Mexico, it's called the, the Super Slam, I think yep. it is. Yep. So I went down to Mexico, and that was, I would do that the in a golds? heartbeat. Golds? Yeah. 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 Awesome. El Halcón Lodge is where we went. A little plug. Okay. Great, great, great camp down <laughs> we'll there. We'll put but... that in the show notes. Yeah. Anybody yeah. looking to go down to Mexico? and Manuel at El Halcón. Okay. Great. Right. That'd be fun. Awesome. It was yeah. the f- I mean, just go for the food. Yeah. No kidding. We I get bet. done with a, a day of hunting, and you got fresh salsa and just like gourmet oh, chefs. In what time of year was that then? Just regular, same. Okay. I think it was April or May or something like that. No kidding. So That's that doesn't cool. change at all, huh? Nope. But you're huh. hunting up, I think it was, I'm blanking on the name of the, the mountain range, but you're up in the mountains. Yeah. Okay. Flew That's into cool. Chihuahua City. Okay, it's a little, it's a little different. I mean, that's this is awesome. Back when, a bunch of chihuahuas coming out. <laughs> back when people were advocating not to be going to Mexico, and here's my dad and I flying down to Mexico. And yeah, it's like, what are you guys going doing down there, carrying guns? Right, <laughs> that's crazy. That's awesome. So yeah, twelve states here in Minnesota, in the U.S. Um, most of the Midwest, Minnesota, Wisconsin, South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming, Montana. Florida, Ohio, Kansas, Oklahoma. So awesome. you've seen every, I mean, pretty much every, everything they've ever been in for the most I've, part. The Terrain. one thing I haven't been out east. Like I feel like okay. there's okay. just something different with like. Yeah. I'd love to go out to New York, be in the Catskills, something like that, where it's just a deep, like you were talking about, like a deep heritage, a rich heritage yeah. of yeah. turkey yeah. hunting, where yeah. It's more in their blood for turkey hunting. Yeah, yeah. That's the one I, I haven't been out east, like personally traveling or hunting. But. That's, I've thought of that lately too after rereading Burton Spiller's books. It just makes me want to go out east and like go grouse yeah. hunting and the stuff. The old stone walls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The stone walls. That's what I always go to. It's like, yeah. imagine yeah. flushing a bird off a stone wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a different level of history out there. Yeah. You yeah. start heading east and everything's just getting super old and you're yeah. like, man. All the infrastructure, it's just cool. Yep. It's just really cool. That's yeah. awesome. So, so my dad, Boss Tom, yeah. he's, he's yeah. on his way to a – he's trying to do his Super Slam, which is all 49 states. And I think he's over halfway. Wow. I'm not sure exactly. That's, he's oh been out to Hawaii. Gosh. He had a a nephew that got married out there, so he flew out there and did a little turkey, <laughs> did a turkey on the side. On. So he's got <laughs> Hawaii done already. So Wow. That's nice. a big one so to get what, off the list. What is a state that – you still can't. Alaska. Alaska is the okay. one state. Yeah. I suppose since... Come on, Brian. Introduce some turkeys. Though. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Bring some in my carry-on and drop them off <laughs> in the Brooks Range. Yeah. Have a so, big for... <laughs> turkey population in the Brooks Range. <laughs> for us, yeah. like, growing up, like, traveling to different states was always something in my blood. Like, the, my, seeing my dad and being able to travel with him. Yeah. Something... For me, it's like just being able to hunt in different land, different yeah. opportunities like that. Sure. And just cool. the people along the way. and That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, hey, guys, we're going to take just a quick break to hear from uh, guests that we're going to be having next episode. So stay tuned for this. Hey, everybody. This is Ross Niebuhr. I'll be joining the boys uh, coming up to talk about some spring bear hunting, some tips and tactics and stuff to get you ready to go on your own. 
one more thing I wanted to ask you um, before we get on to, to other things, uh, just because I know a lot of our listeners are probably interested, is what kind of preparation? Like if you if you do if you are successful, you get a bird. What have you been doing in the field dressing and and to prep it for the table? Yeah, kind of some ideas along that line. So I'm I'm a little guilty of just taking the breasts recently. Um, but I feel like there's been a movement just to not waste anything. So sure, I think this next spring I'm gonna try and take the legs and do something with them. But mm-hmm. historically, what we've done is just take the the breasts and yeah, um, which is probably smart on turkeys because gutting those things is the <laughs> worst. Like there is n- and nothing against turkeys. Like they taste great, but gutting yeah. them, it's the rankest smell. <laughs> it's interesting in for world. sure. <laughs> like it is <laughs> so nicely. bad. Yeah, yeah, and, and nothing like I said, nothing against turkeys. They taste great, but yeah. God, gutting them is bad. Yeah, it's, just, it's like a gut shot deer. Yeah. yeah, it's it's it is weird. Yeah. It definitely is weird. It's it's like nothing else. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So the the breasts, and then what do you do? Are you grilling breasts or that's, how? That's our go to. Okay. Okay. Um, my the one I've recently been doing is like buffalo yeah, marinated buffalo. That is sauce. so good. Yum. Buffalo yeah. sauce or like Italian dressing and just. Well, we do little nuggets on the on yep. the grill, yeah. and just keep it low and slow. And we've had so many friends have come over and eaten it and been like, "This is turkey! Like, this is awesome!" Yeah, yeah. it tastes tastes phenomenal. Yeah, wild turkey is really good table yeah, food. Like yeah. it. How awesome. do they do in Mexico? It's a good. Did question. they prep I don't it know for that, you? No. Put it, okay. In, okay. put it in a taco, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> everything goes in a taco. Yeah, everything shredded wild Enchiladas. turkey. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Cool. We've uh, also done pulled turkey. It doesn't the consistency isn't like the same as what you do if you bought a yeah you dump some oil in it after yeah. or something. To, yeah, yeah. I've wanted. So I got. I give you some tips if you guys have some better stuff, but that's our go-to. I know. I think that's most people for sure is is taking the breast. Um, but I've wanted to. I've wanted to try smoking a whole bird. Yeah. We've and done it with, yeah. Have you done, have done you it with a wild turkey? Yeah, we've done it with a wild turkey. And, um, do you brine it? I do it the same way I do it a domestic turkeys. Yeah, I brine okay. it. I brine it for at least 24 hours. Sure. Um, and then Cold sh- brine, like ice? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then I smoked it for, it's like 12 hours. It was really slow. Okay. Now, is that just the breast, or do you got it? No, I, it's the, a whole whole bird, but I'll I'll separate the back and the thighs from the breast because the problem with with poultry, if it's that big, when you're smoking at a really low temperature, is it'll stay in that danger zone too it long. It won't ever get to temp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you split it, it'll mm-hmm. speed up the process a little bit. Um, but it's still a twelve hour smoke. And when I did it. But it's wow. crazy. But it was really good. Yeah. Um, was it really tender? It was really tender, but it was still it's still like obviously it's not a domestic turkey, right. so it's not super tender, but yeah. it's for a wild turkey, yeah. It's cool. pretty tender. And the yeah, nice I feel thing like is I've had just the, we've had some friends that have done just the breasts and Yeah. It seems like it turns out pretty good. Yeah. And the nice thing with it, if you do it that way, if you brine it long enough and smoke it slow enough, because that brining it you can do seventy two hours on a turkey. If you can keep it at that right temperature and brine it long enough, you can put that in a Ziploc bag and take it to the boundary waters after it's done smoked, and it's not going to go Stays bad on you. for some time. The shelf life is like 15 so days. So the next bird okay. I'm bringing to Joe is what, what you're saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. We're going to all bring Joe I'll our charge birds. half a bird. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Like, at, our, at our duck camp, I, uh, Nicole, my fiance, she shot 
a turkey, and I used some of that for that. And I just marinated in Frank's Red Hot. That's yeah. what I did, and yeah. And then battered it, fried it. Oh, my gosh, it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Yeah. You put that shit on everything. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. Frank's, <laughs> Frank's so Red Hot. That's like yeah. a no-brainer, though. Yeah. On breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I kind of have an obsession with hot sauce myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, anything else you wanted to to touch on? I know we talked about uh, just the four of us sitting here, for any of the listeners, the four of us sitting here have been all extremely privileged because we've grown up with people in our household that were into the outdoors or hunters or fishermen, and we all four feel pretty privileged, whether it was our dads or our grandfathers or whatever, to be introduced to the outdoors, all of us yeah, at a young sure. age. And I know you wanted to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I I tip my cat to, cap to anybody that didn't grow up with that heritage, that family background, of turkey hunting or any any hunting for that matter, and just wants to just jump into it without having the background. I yeah. was fortunate. We've all been fortunate to have people bring us up in the sport. And for me, I, one of my big things I'm I'm passionate about is passing it on to the next generation. So I've been involved in the National Wild Turkey Federation's youth hunt for okay. the last ten years or so. Okay, um, that's that's something that awesome. I love to do. Um, it's crazy. The first couple of years, I was like, I'm still trying to figure this out myself, and now you want me to take a kid out? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's got to a point where I don't take the, some of the mentors will put them in a blind. I don't do that with my kids. Yeah, I, I'm gonna sit right next to the tree next to him, coach him through the whole thing, and I've been blessed to have some kids that are just awesome. Like, yeah, it, it blows me away to see their their patience, their composure. Like, I feel like I'm like more anxious than these kids. Are. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like just settle down. I'm like, they make the shot and it's awesome. Yeah, nice. that's cool. So do this, they sign? Do they sign up through? It's through the Minnesota DNR. Okay. Um, but it's affiliated with the National Wild Turkey Federation. They sponsor it. And sure. So yeah, NWTF is a great organization, and they, I think, you know, like we were talking about earlier, the, the more, and again, not because it's us, but the more people like us who have such a deep history in it and background, even at young age. I think all of us here are in our mid thirties. Yep. Uh, not only bringing up any of us who have kids in it, but looking for opportunities to find people, young people, people in general that aren't into it and introducing them. And I think we talked about this as well, that turkey hunting is a wonderful place to start. Yeah, yep. Turkey hunting, in my opinion, might be one of the best places to start. Because right, sure. now it's easy to find birds. Chances are they're going to be vocal. They're going to respond. They're going to hold attention. To bring it's a, a cool kid, time of yeah. year. I mean, take take a kid out in the spring when everything, yeah. everything in the woods yeah. is like waking coming, up, coming to life, yeah. coming to life. Yeah, hard yeah. to not be excited about that, especially yeah. when you hear a bird gobble. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I look forward to the day when I, I have three kids myself. Just when I be able to take those kids out, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. my my little brother started last year with this kid because in Minnesota <clears throat> there is no age limit. Right on turkey hunting. So last year he took out his kid when he was, God, what was he? He was seven. Took out his kid when he was seven with a four ten. Yeah, and the kid never shot. But this year he's taking him out again. Yeah. and he said, "I'm." He's like, "I'm not even buying a tag." This guess year. who? Uh, guess who? You need to thank. Well, he needs to thank 
The Glines family. My, <laughs> boss, boss Tom. Boss Tom. So boss Tom. My, my dad was, uh, <laughs> he right. was involved in lobbying for that to change to oh, a okay. no minimum age. Which, nice. Which is awesome. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's up to you as a parent to know when your kid or your nephew or yeah. whatever it might be, yeah. yep. your niece or nephew, to know when they're ready to go out there. And I think that's awesome because I've got a kid that's six and I know he's nowhere near ready. So, right. of course, I'm not going to take him out. And it's on you as a parent yeah. to know. Like, yeah. I'm not going to go put a gun in my kid's eight, in yeah. his yeah. hands if he's not ready at that age. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but it gives you the, the option, right? Yeah, that's Because there are awesome. some, I've seen pictures of six-year-olds that have shot a bird. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It was crazy. When I was in Kentucky, there were people... It's like, yeah, my boy got his first bird, and with their accent, and I'm like, he's in yeah, a stroller. How old, how old is he? He just got done nursing. You know, it's just like, holy crap. You know, they're like four and five years old. Right. It's like a wow. four year old. You know, and just with their dad, and I feel like that's pretty, that's pretty early. Young, yeah. Because, and I think most of the time when you talk talk about the hunt. It's like their dad was the one shooting the bird. Yeah. It's just the kid was there. Which hey, if that gets them hooked and they're there, and as long as you're being safe, right. yeah. that's the main thing. But man, I would hear some of those stories and be like, "Good gracious, <laughs> <laughs> it just seems out of hand." Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's good to bring up, you know, Minnesota here that there is no minimum age because I think people think it it's twelve, yeah, similar mm-hmm. to deer hunting, but. Yep. One of the big things they talked about is there's no minimum age for going small game hunting if you want to go squirrel hunting or rabbit hunting or stuff like yeah. that. Like, how is it any different? You're already yeah. letting those kids yeah, do that. Yeah, that's when my brother told me that, he said that exact thing. He said, well, there's no age limit for small game. I said, turkey's not usually considered small right, game. Right, it's though. not, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. if you're going to put a gun in those kids' hands and you trust them. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. A turkey, and a turkey hunt is... As far as hunts go, it's kind of a controlled situation. Right. As a parent, you could you could carry that gun out the whole way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You just put yeah. it in their hands for the shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's shoot pretty it, controlled. Bring it. You could hit the safe the safety off for right. it. Yeah. yeah. And that's how I like to do with my kids when I mentor like when I mentor, I'm sitting side by side with this kid. Like yeah. I'm there. If anything like if anything goes wrong or if they're being unsafe, like I can step in right there. Yeah. You know? yep. And yep. Even with my own kids, like that, that's what I would yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's super cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so we, we kind of wanted to have this discussion, too, to talk about just anybody out there who's thinking about getting into the turkey woods. Um, you can reach out to any of us, but reach out if you have the time and you're wanting to get into this. Maybe reach out to Levi. What What's your Instagram? Maybe they could reach you there. Would that be okay? Yeah, for sure. It's LJ and then my last name, Glines. So L-J-G-L-I-N-E-S. Yeah, yeah. And if if nothing else... You not want to send him a message about asking about turkey hunting? Go check out his gallery, because yeah. it's it'll make you then send him a message about turkey hunting. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. No, I, I love talking turkey with anybody. So yeah, feel free okay. to shoot me a message. Anybody that wants to, and if you're new to the sport, I'd love to chat with you. Yeah, you get a bunch of messages tomorrow <laughs> saying, "Boss Jake, what's happening?" <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. We're gonna. I think we've talked about having your dad come on if he That'd be would awesome. be interested. He would. He'd have a lot of the history. Yeah. Okay. About the state, which, which I think would be really cool just yeah. to hear about where we've come from a state. Mm-hmm. That, totally. Totally. Yeah. Anything else that you wanted to get to? Any thoughts or closing s- thoughts that you had? Um. I mean, uh, my first hunt this year is I'm taking out my my nephew, who's it'll be his first hunt. Okay. So going from talk, we were talking about families that didn't weren't raised in a hunting family. My brother-in-law didn't grow up hunting. He took that upon himself recently. 
awesome. through interactions with me mm. and like getting excited about it. But I'm taking out my nephew in Wisconsin for their youth hunt. So that's awesome. cool. That's that's is, how I'm starting off the season. That's a week before we start up in Minnesota. So okay. okay. And does he he lives in Wisconsin? Yep. Cool. Yep. They're out awesome. of Wassa. So is that the first week of April then? It's the. 13th okay 13th and 14th oh, yeah. so it's yeah. the weekend yep. before we start on yep. the wednesday following yep. yeah cool so do you know do you know maybe you don't i, I was i was really interested in this because shortly after i moved home from kentucky they opened up uh archery for the whole season yep so that, that's part of the reason why i did it that's why i made the switch yeah, yeah. it just gives you so many more opportunities. so much time because before it was what a it was five or seven season yeah that you had to choose yep you know, a five or seven day season you're going to hunt. And if you got a massive snowstorm right. during your time, you're like, uh oh, you know, could, could or <laughs> couldn't be horrible. <laughs> you know, I think we've all been there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, yeah. it just gives you so much more flexibility just to go. And then it opens up the whole state too. Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. you don't have to apply for a certain zone in Minnesota. You can go wherever you want to. Yeah. 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 I was, nice. I was pumped about that. When I uh, saw that come out, and I, I remember, I think I saw the other call on like Facebook. Yeah. And I, I think like, I sent it to you. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. You did. I was like, this is what I'm talking about. That's awesome. It gives you a a, a month and a half yeah. to yeah. figure it out. Right. You know, and The only of, thing is I've been talking with friends, it's like that month and a half can sneak up on you. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If you keep saying, oh, I'll just, I'll go next week. Or yeah. I'll, yeah. Like, it goes by fast. Yeah, for which sure. Which is the only yeah. thing that's sad about turkey hunting is it seems like such a short season. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. And then do we want to touch a little bit, what about fall hunting? Yeah, I'm always curious about that because our tree honey nice. Okay, <laughs> that's something that's something we've never done. It's okay. Just, there's too many other things going on in the fall. Like yeah. I said in the beginning, I'm a big waterfall hunter, upland uh, hunter. Yeah, that's what so, you're focused on. Then yeah, yeah. It's, it's just one more thing where it's like I don't have time for that. Yeah, and it's it's definitely it's more different. fun. It's, to it's hunt not as fun in, yeah. in the spring. Yeah. See, every fall I end up seeing turkeys while I'm deer hunting, <laughs> going out and buying the license. And then not seeing turkey yeah, yeah. until the exactly. season closes right. on exactly. like October third or whatever yep. it is, and I'm like, "Damn you, birds!" Yep. <laughs> Damn you. That's what happened to me. Not this last deer season, but the deer season before. Yeah. And I'm sitting in the stand, and eight long beards just come walking through. <laughs> of course, at 15 yards, and I don't have a license, so I buy one, and then never saw another bird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how it goes. I would like so, to plug one thing that's that I'm involved in is uh, yeah. So you mentioned Upland Honey, and I work with Project Upland. Okay. That's one of the, I'm not even sure what you want to call it, but it, it's they do videos, they do they have a website with articles. One of their big things is recruiting and retention retention of new hunters. So, okay. R3. So yeah. R3, R3, yeah. yeah. But, so I'm involved in that, and that one of their other sister sites is called Morning Thunder. Okay. And so that's heavily focused on turkey hunting, and nice. we have a video that I'm going to be a part of this spring. Hoping to get it done on camera with a bow and no blind. So nice. Okay. Sweet. We'll and see we'll, how that goes. Yeah. We'll we'll tag both of those uh, in the show notes. So anybody who's wondering about that or wants to visit, what was the second one? Morning. Thunder. Morning Thunder. Morning Thunder. Okay. Morning Thunder and Project Upland. So. And they cool. have Morning Thunder's got one video of those two old guys. Like, yeah, they've had they've got some awesome stuff that, out there from last season. Yeah, that video of the two old guys that are like smoking cigarettes in like the like, little this shack. Is my life. Yeah, it's like <laughs> holy cow. <laughs> that's what, that's like awesome. the deep rich heritage. Those it guys is. have been hunting yeah. turkeys for 40, think, 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think I told you about that one to watch. That one, it's really good. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. Super so, good. Yeah. 
That's it'll be, cool. it'll be fun to see what they put together, you know, because that's that's the type of work that they put out. Just yeah. these awesome, yep, visual yep. videos that tell a story, and yeah, uh, that's, that's what we're all chasing. Man, that's really what we talk about is uh, with Contact Outdoors is trying to just be a part of. We know that there's already a bunch of people and organizations and companies that are doing all of this in a positive way. Yep, and we just want to be a part of that conversation. For sure, we want to be a, we want to add to that. So. We're not competing with each other. No, we're all, no. We, we're all on the add. same team, right? We're yeah. all trying to advocate right. for right. for hunting and bringing people into the sport and yeah. doing yeah. it in a positive light. And if you're going to introduce somebody, hopefully, what what you're doing is something you're unashamed about introducing to someone who's never experienced it. You know, right. it's not there's not there's not a, all this behind the scenes stuff. It's just let's be open. You don't have to and jump through hoops. And, yeah, right. yeah, with it. Yeah. Well, Tonight's getting I, wild. Brian's talking about being confused, <laughs> chains. That hasn't changed, Joe. You know that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's it's cool that we talk about that and and be open about those things. I just the more right. I think about it, that's why we started Contact Outdoors. We right. want to yeah. hear people's stories. Because people's stories and connection with the outdoors is what we have to keep in front of of people's faces. Yep. We got to keep those positive things in front of people because at the end of the day, for us, it comes down to numbers. Right. And we want that middle section of n- people that don't hunt to look at hunting at least and say, we can get behind that. Yep. That yeah. seems yeah. positive and it seems good and it seems like we need to keep that around. Yeah. yeah. And even... Touching on my photography, like I've I've had some comments recently from people that are like, I don't hunt, I'm a vegetarian, but when I look at your stuff, like I think it looks beautiful. Like yeah, and See? that's what I try yep. to strive for is oh. something where it's not going to be offensive to somebody that doesn't turkey hunt or yeah, right, doesn't hunt, you know, like yeah. So I'm trying to do it in a, a way that's positive and brings good publicity to our What's, sport. I yeah. think it's correct me if I'm wrong, but just seeing the Northwoods Collective company um and you know what contact outdoors is is trying to do is it's really inspire people um to you if you can see it um via video via film uh or written too um that's that's a huge push as well um you're getting all those different mediums that uh if you just plug it in and um plug away with people that might not ever see that right that, exactly that might not ever come through their social media feed but just randomly it right it comes through and it's like wow that that looks like amazing. i don't even do that but that looks that looks yeah awesome. yeah, yeah like a turkey is ugly right let's be yeah. honest but they're, they're so when, ugly they're beautiful yeah that's but it you get up close and when you have one in you your see hand the detail it, you it see is the... incredible yeah wow. didn't okay what was it who wanted the wild turkey to be our thomas it, jefferson thomas, thomas jefferson yeah. was it i think is it Thomas Jefferson or Benjamin Franklin? Ben, I think oh, right. yeah, you're right. Benjamin Franklin, I think, I think right. wanted Franklin. it to be the national, so the the eagle, but man, red, white, and blue. Yeah. A turkey. <laughs> yeah. It goes from all yeah. three colors. Yeah. Depends yeah. on your mood. I think they're beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I might be crazy, but. Yeah. No, they're, they're definitely cool birds. And I, I did a post years ago on my Backcountry Dreaming Facebook page, and it was just like a close up picture with my old Canon. Of the turkey feather. It's like, 
People yeah. can say yeah. all they want about digital camo, but if you look at a turkey tail feather, that's digital camo. Yep. And that was like the, the it got the, the iridescence, un- just the different colors yep. and everything. Yeah, and crazy. just the little dots of dark and the little dots of light. And yep. just literally they were like shaped like squares. Yeah. If you zoom in on it. And I was like, yeah, that's really weird. And then I posted it and all of a sudden that had more insights than anything else. And I was like, people don't even realize this is a fucking turkey feather. I've got dead elk all over that page. <laughs> but yeah. people really love like turkey the, feathers when right. they look at them close. Well, they, it's, their, it's their appearance and their attitude. Yeah. Yeah. They're so full of attitude. I think yeah. that's the biggest yeah. thing. They, personality-wise, when it comes to animals, like especially in the Midwest, oh, yeah. nothing beats a turkey yeah. personality-wise. No, no. Nothing has more personality. <laughs> no, like, you can see a red squirrel. No. <laughs> you can maybe, see me a red squirrel. <laughs> you can see him coming, just a white head, just pissed. Yeah, yeah. just uh, ready to fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then all, all of a sudden they're lovers, and then, like I said, then they're doing the well, square that's the crazy dance thing right now. Is yeah. they're all hanging out. All the all the males yeah. are in bachelor groups right now. Yeah, yeah. not all winter. We're cool. And yeah. then as soon as that season starts, I mean. Mating season starts. I've been in the gym lately thinking about turkey hunting, and and it's classic. You're in the gym, and there's that dude that just reminds you of a wild turkey. He's in the mirror, flexing out, bowing out his arms, getting his looking at his back, and the whole time I'm just wanting to call to him, like see if he'll strut over here. You know, it's just you see that. Yeah, it's that classic dude that you're like, that's that's a that's a gobbler. But yeah, that's. That's a little inside, probably, to the mind of what us hunters think about when we see things. <laughs> We're just, a weird bunch. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Levi, it's it's awesome to have you on, and we will definitely have to do it again. We'll have to get Boss Tom yeah, on. for sure. Talk to him about being a Boss Tom, and yeah, Chad's got time. I have one, one last thing, because um, we, we did talk about calling, but um, you mentioned earlier about you doing it competitively. Yeah. Uh, if someone wanted to potentially start pursuing that, what I go back to, uh, there's probably better options now, but growing up, I had a cassette tape that had real Turkey sounds Mm -hmm. and I sat there and listened to that for hours on end. And I would just try and mimic those sounds that I heard. Yeah. My mom used to make me go out in the garage and practice my Turkey calling. Yeah. Cause I grew up doing the competition calling here in Minnesota. And so that's kind of my background with that is. Just trying to hear those sounds, and now they're YouTube, like endless yeah. possibilities just to sit there. You could be yeah. at work yeah. with an earbud in, listening to turkey sounds, instructional videos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. But just to be able to hear the sound, and what you're trying to do is just replicate yeah. what is really happening in the woods. Yeah, yeah. And I, I want to just throw this in quick to, so people aren't overwhelmed, and I think all of us would agree that. Get in there and practice and do as well as you can. But yeah. by no means do you have to be able to no. do every vocalization and be perfect. Yeah. There's been so many times where you're out in the woods, you hear hen yelping, you're like, that is the Sounds worst horrible. sounding. Must be yeah. a dude over there like with a box you, call. No, so they, they walk into view and you're like, oh, that's a real bird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. You don't yeah. have to sound amazing. No, don't yeah. be intimidated by that aspect and I'd of say it. the easiest call to take out in the woods for a new time hunter would be a box call. 100%. Take a box call. That's the only, the only drawback is that you have to use your hands. So if a bird is coming up, be aware that you can't be sitting there calling and moving your hands. But for first time hunter, like a box call is going to be the easiest to figure out how to work. Yep. And sound good too. Yeah. It's, I've, 
killed a couple of birds over a box call. Yeah. It works. It's yeah. easy to handle, easy to do, but yeah, it's definitely or not even a push pull. Like you, I mean, they're not yep. a, the one thing that a box call has. You can really crank on it, and you yep. can bring some some volume. Yep. Push pulls like a little call like that. You can't really get too loud with that, but that's one another hand. great. Yeah, one hand. You yeah. can sit here down down by your side. But yeah. You're not going to see that movement. Yeah. You can purr on there. You can cluck. Yeah. You can. Pot, I suppose you that's can, more sweet nothings by that point anyway. Right. right. And that maybe that's yep. your go-to. You have a box call and you have a, a sweet nothing. A sweet nothing call. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah. You don't need to be a master at a mouth call. But yeah. 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 What were you gonna say, Joe? You have something. That- I was just gonna say it's the same. Like again, the 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 relation between turkey and elk hunting is so. I, I always kind of like try to like shy away from admitting that they're very similar but yeah. they are because it's the same thing with elk calls yeah. i do the same thing i go to rocky mountain elk foundation and they have like a video of like it's like eight minutes long of just bulls bugling yeah. random bulls and i sit in my basement and try to mimic every single one Practice, of them yeah and what i was going to say on that is like you get the call it tells you what to do in order to make that call sound and to make a bugle or to make a cow call or to make a cluck or to make a per <clears throat> you can go off that get the basic idea then pull up those videos right. the onus is on sure. you to make it sound real right? yeah you, you, know. you get the idea of the sound you get the basic mechanics of it then once you start watching those videos it's really easy actually to right. mimic those sounds right. you kind of figure it out on your own and then from there it's i mean i've been out elk hunting and turkey hunting where i try to mimic the turkey hen yep. or the cow that's yep. out there and try to make that exact sound and it's it's actually a lot easier than people think it is. I'd mm-hmm. say the biggest thing for turkey hunting is the cadence, how quickly yeah. the yep. notes are happening. So if you yep. can figure out, if you sit there and listen to videos and figure out what that cadence is and just try and replicate that, yep. Yep. that's going to be the biggest thing is yep. making it sound realistic like that. Yeah, uh, that's, that's good advice. Cool. Well, yeah, we're going to have to do a follow-up, especially with Boss Tom, and talk a little more about this and maybe a post-turkey season See how yeah, things sure. went, and uh, you know, with uh, your nephew, right? Yep, I got my and nephew in Wisconsin. I'll, I'll be starting the season with that. Cool. Then we got the Project Upland film happening in Minnesota, <laughs> and then I got a group of buddies and my dad going out to Nebraska. Nice. Out to uh, northwestern Nebraska. Cool. Triple turkey. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Awesome. Well, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. Uh, Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you learned something from it. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Levi, thanks again, man. It's awesome. Awesome having you. It was fun. It was my first time doing one of these. Yeah, and it was a nice time, first time of having four guys. Yeah. So it it was a good one. Yeah. So thank you, everybody. Original music for this podcast was created by Nakoda Rankin. This podcast is edited, mixed, and mastered by Nakota Rankin.